What should our lives look like now that we are in Christ? Well, that's what we're examining here in Ephesians. Join us. As believers in Christ, our lives should look different than when we were without Christ. Well, that's a fact. And what that looks like is recorded for us here in Ephesians. Welcome to Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. We're continuing our Ethics of a New Life series, Grieve Not, Dump the Garbage, and Be Sweet. The title of today's message, again, we're in Ephesians chapter 4. And we're beginning here in verse 29, working our way to the end of the chapter. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's broadcast. I've had people come into the office and uh, I'll hear statements like this. All you men are terrible. How'd you like that? It's counseling with a woman and she just starts in. Can I help you? She made the appointment. Yes. First of all, I just want you to know I can't stand men. Well, uh, last I checked, I'm a man. What are you doing here? I just can't stand you men. Well, why don't you go see a woman? Well, you don't charge. Oh, okay. At least I'm free. Because they're bitter, resentful towards one whole segment of the race. And men would say the same. Kids can't stand parents. Parents can't stand kids. On and on and on. Can't stand races, can't stand this, can't stand the rich, can't stand the poor. Just you got something that you're poisoned about inside. Oh, and we're always dealing with those ghosts with you. We never get to deal with the present because you've brought all the ghosts of every hurt in your past to every present situation. And we never get a clean slate. We're guilty going in. It is hard to have a relationship with people full of bitterness. Besides, the spirit is grieved. I use the analogy here, you need to empty the garbage can. Years ago, uh, the board of this church told my wife and I, you need counseling in your family. You're going through lots of sorrows. Uh, the church wants you to get this counseling. So we found a counselor and uh, happened to be a, a pastor's wife over in Pleasant, Pleasanton, California. And uh, a, a charming and a wise woman. And uh, when we begin to talk to her and she's drawing out what the issues are and some way in a discerning way, after she heard this for a while and heard the scenarios, talked to the children, talked to Carolyn, we're all there. All of a sudden she just made this line that I've never forgot. She says, it sounds to me like this family needs to empty the garbage can. I thought, I'm not at the Richmond Sanitary District dumps. What do you mean? She said, it sounds to me like you're carrying around a whole lot of garbage that's poisoning your family. Do you ever empty the garbage of your heart? Jesus says good people store good things in the treasure chest of their heart. Bad people treasure bad things. That's where the bitterness and the, they know every offense. They know every fault. They can seldom remember good. 
because what you choose to remember will reveal what your character is. Good people choose to treasure good things. Bad people treasure bad things. And she said, she said, let's just empty the trash can right here on this table and let's get rid of the garbage. You need to do a lot of forgiving. You need to give this up. You see, what I had done, uh, especially the early days of the pastorate, when someone like you bugged me, instead of gossiping about you, I'd go home and tell my wife. That guy bugs me. And I can't tell him off because I'm the pastor and I'm supposed to be holy. But he's driving me wild. And some of these board members are driving me wild. Now, how would you like to be this wife at night? Here he comes. Hi, hon. Let me tell you what I'm ticked at this week. So I pour all this on there, but I haven't gossiped. I just told my wife. And then I wonder why she was losing her joy at coming to this church. I was wondering why I felt the danger of her withdrawing. Because I was filling the trash can with all the negative stuff I should have been telling the Lord and not her. She wasn't on the board. She used to tell me that. So I can't do a thing about it. What do you want me to do? I heard you. I love you. I'll leave if you want us to leave. What do you want me to do? And at that meeting, I had to repent and says, I've used my wife for my garbage can. I repent. And so I don't tell her everything that's going on. And if I'm having a problem with you, it's none of her business. She needs to be left alone. But you get families that collect grievances, grievances. I see wives that are their husband's defender. No, you're not supposed to be his defender. He's supposed to speak up and he's not supposed to be yours. So we're going around in church circles or wherever there's a group. You cover this side, I'll cover this. We'll handle them. Oh man, what a fellowship couple. You need to join the Green Beret. You don't need to be in a church. We're going to cover it. No, no, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of everything you're resentful about. Just empty the trash. Pour it out. And it comes back to this matter of anger. Two kinds he mentions. The kind that's explosive. And it's the kind that you immediately flare up and then you say, honey, I didn't mean it even though I broke all the dishes, but it's over. And the other kind is I'm just always angry. I've decided to live in a settled state of anger. Get rid of it. You empty the trash. Not your therapist. They can't empty it. You've got to make that choice. The word tells you to do it. But I like hating them. It feels good until it kills you. I like resenting my parents. I like resenting people. You must not. And it's a choice. You choose your response. You don't have to resent. Leave them with God. So it doesn't kill you. It kills you if you hold on to it. So he's telling them, empty the garbage. Uh, get rid of brawling. Brawling is loud yelling. Domestic quarreling, as it were. The shouting back and forth. Uh, slander is really blaspheming. And blaspheming is to speak evil of one another. Gossiping, defamation of character, 
Of course, it was used of blaspheming God, saying evil things of him. But stop blaspheming each other uh, and get rid of every form of malice. Whatever's bad going on, just get rid of it. Uh, bury the dead cat and bury it deep. One of my girls lost a precious little rabbit. We buried it. But we didn't go deep enough. And two days later in the backyard, fluff was all over the backyard. Some other animal had got into the grave. And I don't know how many years it took us to console Liz and Rebecca that fluff was all right. Had gone to rabbit heaven and all that stuff. <laughs> bury it deep, would you? Just bury it deep. Then he says, you need to put on some things. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Never needing to forgive each other because they've learned to meet all your expectations. No, no, no. That's never going to happen. Forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Pass on what you've received. God's been kind to you. God's been compassionate to you. God has forgiven you. And he wants us in our behavior to pass on everything God has done to us. If you want to look like Jesus, there's at least three things you've got to do here. Colossians gives eight. But you've got to be kind. That means you've got to be good to people. Benevolent. This doesn't come naturally to us. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Not everyone is born naturally kind. I think we're born naturally selfish. That's our automatic. But kindness is to be good to other people. And if you want to be accused of looking like Jesus, start being kind to people. Not critical. Not judgmental. But kind. And can't you see what he's telling them among their church life? He's talking to a church Cut out all this negative stuff and start putting on this positive behavior of kindness. And then he brings up this word compassion. Uh, you want to know what the word literally means for compassion? Good bowels. Get some good bowels. Whoa. Man, I've been eating all the bran I can. But they use bowels as the seat of the deepest emotions. And you'll read phrases like, uh, old King James, I believe in Revelation, he searches the kidneys and the reins. Well, it's using the internal organs as the seat of deep felt feelings for people. And so he says, put on compassion. Let me say this. If you would act like Jesus... If you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the most common emotion that Jesus was described to display was the emotion of compassion. It's, there is a classic article, if you'd ever like to read it, it's on the life of Christ by the great Presbyterian Benjamin Warfield. And he writes a chapter called The Emotional Life of Jesus. And he does a splendid job demonstrating the various emotions of Christ. But he really develops this emotion of compassion. 
feeling uh, mercy for the miserable, feeling mercy on people that will not let you ignore them, pass them, be critical whether they're a leper, whether they're a prostitute, whether there's some fallen person in the biblical narrative. Why did they always go to Jesus when they knew he was perfect? Why did people always look him up? If I was a fallen woman, who would ever want to look up God in the flesh? I would want to run a thousand miles away. I don't want him to know of my moral failure. If I'm a leper, I don't want to come into the presence of God. My own people quarantine me. I'm not allowed in the camp. But there was a magnetism to the person of Jesus. Children, lepers, widows, the poor, the wealthy, everybody was magnetized to this divine person. What was it? You could find compassion. You could find mercy for your misery. And here we're being told, this ought to characterize us instead of all the garbage. Could I find compassion if I went to you? It is very interesting. Sometimes when we go to another person, the only form of compassion we need is, would you just listen to me and not give me some profound answer? Let me bear my heart without judgment. That's hard to find. Compassion. Would you get involved and do whatever you could to help me? Compassion does not come natural. We see people say, well, it's their own fault. That's a favorite one. What's your fault? Yeah, it is. Just like you, you're a sinner and it's your fault. If God took that attitude, he wouldn't have saved any of us. We're all a sinner by choice, you know. We're all sinners by nature. And God says, I'm going to have compassion on you. You can't, God, I'm a sinner. That's who I have compassion on, is sinners. People who chose to sin, people who are children of wrath, I want to show you my great compassion in Jesus. And now he's saying, you put on compassion. You talk about this church, we'll be to four services. If it ever gets out in the community, you can find compassion down there. Not a, not a good preacher. You can find a co compassionate congregation. Because all you need to do is up being right all the time and just reek with a pharisaical spirit and you will drive sinners further away from you than we could ever draw them because they can't stand the pharisaical spirit. We're broken people. We're weak people. We're struggling people. We don't need another burden. We need mercy for our misery. Are you compassionate? I don't think you can be that way unless the spirit's filling you and Christ is your model. And then how does compassion work out its way in relationships? You're willing to forgive. And this word forgive here is a beautiful word. Get this, charizomai. I just love the way it sounds, just that flow. It means to uh, do it out of the motive of grace. I want to give you, you don't deserve the forgiveness, maybe. You're not coughing up. You didn't earn my sending away. You don't even have to. My natural bent is to forgive it because I am following Christ. The spirit is working and your most natural response is I'm willing to forgive. It's a way of life. You remember this prayer? Lord, teach us to pray. When you pray, say, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts. And that means our unmet obligations, morally, ethically, of any nature. Forgive us our unmet obligations as we forgive those who have not met their obligations to us. Sometimes the greatest hurt is when you should have been appreciated, affirmed, and a thank you given, you never received it. And you say, I forgive those who never said the good word. Rich tells the story of a pastor he had in Oregon after many years of ministry, uh, resigns a godly, devout man. And uh, it's humorous, as Richard tells the story, that they're going to have a, an appreciation service for the pastor. And all these accolades start pouring out and this and that. And Bill made the comment to Rich. He said, had I known they felt that way, I would have never resigned. He had to resign to ever get anyone to say a good word about him. What do folks have to do? Do you have to be making the funeral arrangements before you can think of saying something good at the eulogy? Can't you start saying it while they're alive and well and could appreciate it? What's the old song? Give them the roses while they could smell them. All that stuff on funeral day, they didn't hear anyway. Now's the time. Now's the time to forgive, to be kind, to be compassionate. Let me ask you some questions in closing. Is there anything... Um, in your life right now that is making the Holy Spirit grieve and sorrowful with you, uh, an attitude, the way you're treating someone. I just threw in love of money by that. I mean, it could be the love of anything more than the love of God. Something's distracting you. Uh, withholding your life from doing God's will. Is, there any, is the Holy Spirit okay with you? <laughs> is he at ease with you? It's a miserable night when he's not happy with you. You don't sleep well. It's a miserable existence because he starts making you grieve and sorrowful. What have I done, Lord? Have you ever been there where you said, oh, what did I do? What did I do? I think everything's all right. I just told him this. It's all right. And you're just arguing with God. I, I, I handle it. What is it, Lord? He keeps on and said, it's the way you said that. Well, how, how am I supposed to do it? And he just keeps bringing it down. Lord, how should I talk to them? Be kind, be compassionate, be forgiving, act like Jesus. I don't want to act like Jesus. I want to hit them. I know it. And that's what's grieving me because I give you credit for your attitude. You may not murder him, but if you hate him in your heart, you're a murderer. You may not have made a pass at her, but if you say in your mind, I would if I could, but I'm too afraid to do it, I'm giving you credit for doing it. He takes it all the way back to what's working in your heart, not just the external act. Are you right towards women, towards men? Are you falling in love with a guy on the job? God knows. The spirit would start going off. Husband doesn't know. Nobody knows. God knows that acquaintance is becoming affection. He knows. And when you feel that sensitivity of the spirit, you must get along with him and remedy whatever the tricks of the heart are playing on you. Two, are you willing to empty the trash can of all the bad things you've been carrying around in your heart? Wow, the heart was meant for God and we turn it into a uh, stinking, putrefying odor because of the rottenness that we can just carry. 
I, I encourage you, get rid of it. Uh, empty the trash at the feet of the Lord. Uh, what will it take for you to rediscover the joy of your salvation and get clean before God? If you go to God and empty the garbage, he'll fill you with peace and joy. And all that space that's been taken up with hate, resentment, anger, whatever the issues, when you empty up that space, it just gives more space for God to fill you with love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, self-control, faith, all these abundant, wonderful things in the Lord. You just got to empty the trash and provide some space for good things. Someone wrote this line. I forget who wrote it, but it says, live so as to be missed. Wouldn't it be terrible if we said, well, boy, I missed the griping. They just died. Wow. I wouldn't want to be missed for that. No, they're missed. Missed for what? Are you acting like Jesus before a watching world? If you are, they can see kindness, compassion, and forgiveness in you. As a kid, we grew up with this old chorus. It's in our old blue book. None of you know it probably, but we used to sing, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, all of his wonderful passion and purity. O thou spirit divine, all my nature refine until the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. I tell you, if people can accuse you of being a Christian, that's your greatest compliment. I said, you know what? You act like Jesus. Yes. Yes. We can see a different person than we used to know. This is what saving faith is all about. Putting on the new life in Jesus. Getting rid of the garbage and getting along with the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, people are impossible to get along with all the time. And there's a line we say around the office. God hasn't been able to get along with them for years. Why should we be upset? We can't get along with them. Do you know any people like that? They haven't got along with God for 10 years. It's no wonder they always are fussing about something. They're miserable in spirit because they've not gone to the cross, gone to Christ and say, I got to lay this at your feet. It's killing me. It's what happened last week at the choir retreat. Biracial child white father that isn't her father. And so she's been mad about it for seven years, struggling with her color, struggling, am I white, am I black? Who do I mix with? All those issues. And just like a Niagara Fall boil bursted in her last Saturday, and she gets up in front of all the choir people and says, you know what? I want to give up the resentment, the hate, the bitterness, and God, in one swoop of his divine spirit, let her empty the garbage can last Saturday. I can't tell the second service because she'll be here. But I want you to know, she, she got clean. She'll kill me in love. But you might need to empty it today, right where you are. Wouldn't you like to think that you could go away lighter this morning? Because you just dumped it and says, I don't have to get even with that person. I don't have to hate that person. I don't have, I can just leave it with Jesus. Make me clean, Lord, and fill me with good stuff. Fill me with you. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Thank you for joining us today. It's our prayer that our time together here on Truth For Today encourages you in your walk and relationship with Christ. As we close out our broadcast, we would also like to invite you to contact us if you have a 
question about the broadcast, a prayer request. Maybe you'd like to order a copy of today's broadcast. We do have them available. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest. You can reach us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. You are also welcome to write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue. We're here at Suite 278, Hercules, California. Zip code is 94547. Now, another way to contact us and learn more about us would be to visit our website, valleybible.org. It's there that we have all kinds of information about who we are, what we believe, directions to the church, service times. And we also have a lot of resource material stored there as well. Simply go to valleybible.org and spend some time exploring our website, finding out about us a bit more. If you would like to become a TFT sustainer, we would love to hear from you. This broadcast is aired daily here on KFAX as we are able to partner with you, our listeners, financially. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift, Take a break with Pastor Phil. Our weekly video devotional is available to you as well. And again, it's all as a TFT sustainer. When you contact us with your gift of any amount, we'll sign you up. 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, And the zip code is 94547. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.